0: Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the upcoming draft, how expectations and needs may have changed, as well as what the organization might be looking for when it comes to bringing in new players on board. I'm joined by Coach Jerry Angers, named Michigan High School Coach of the Year, as well as Coach of the Week by the Detroit Lions. He's also mentored numerous players at the college level and some all the way to the NFL. Good to have you here, Coach.
1: Great to be here, Matt.
0: So, I'm talking draft with you here, Coach Angers. Let's talk about what teams look for when they bring in new players. Let's start there. You know, it takes place in free agency as well as through the draft now you brought new players into a program before mm-hmm. and what are some sort what are some important things to consider when bringing a new player into an existing team
1: well I think metrics and stuff like that's great I mean we see all oh, they fast or they're great athletes or they get these highlight videos but what what do they do behind the scenes what kind of leadership are they how well do they get along with people are they going to fit into the program you know there's there's a lot of stuff to it you know you can um, anytime you you look at these players how are they going to get along you know a lot of the things uh, college level those guys come in they the staff uh, you know they meet the players you know the players give you a feedback on it you know it'd be nice if uh, you could go into each household which the, which the pros do I mean the pros have their interviews to find out you know what's behind the scene to find out how well how great of a teammate he was you know what do they do do they play practice every down like it's their last one and stuff like that so I think those are the biggest things they look at and you know how are they going to fit in of course to the X's and O's and, and how are they going to make the team better with that.
0: Now do the dynamics sometimes change just by adding a player or two to an existing team?
1: Well, I think so. I think you got you know you got a you got a kid that uh, or, a, or a young adult I should say that goes into a program and you know they they seem didn't didn't really fit in at their high school or didn't fit, really fit in at their college level uh, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and then they walk in and they and they you know they get a great connection with the coach and it's huge you know it's a great connection with the coach great connection with the strength conditioning guy and then all of a sudden they realize. Well, I, I can do this, you know, and, and of course, maturity um, jumps in pretty quick. And we all know that uh, males aren't as mature as females at this point.
0: Yes, we do mature. A <laughs> yes,
1: that. right. yes.
0: Um, so so when you get that new player in, you know, what does it take to get a new player to form a bond with the team to develop that camaraderie? Because. You know, the lights have all been about culture. And if we're talking about that, that, that leads right into this. And what are things or what does it take to get a team ready over this short period of time mm-hmm. to be bonded and ready to go for the
1: season? Well, and I think that has a lot to do with the questions they answer you know, the questions that they're given. You know, you look at the draft last year, uh, you know, between Hutch and, and Thibodeau. I mean, Hutch was all about uh, a team player and, and, you know, wanting to make the Lions better. And he's from Michigan and and all those things where, you know, some of the other guys, whether it's Thib- Thibodeau or any of those other guys mentioned, well, I don't know what my brand is going to be, you know. And I think that's one of the biggest things we look at, you know. And, and that's what people have to look at is, you know, what is their brand? Are they here for the reasons of this team, whether it's the Lions or the Saginaw Valley? State University Cardinals or Central Michigan Chippewas or any of those, and and um, are they going to fit into that brand, and are they there for the long run and long haul?
0: That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So let's start with three agency here. The Lions have brought in a number of players this offseason. Mm-hmm. As a coach, you're looking at talent, but let's also talk about that culture fit. So can you speak to that and how that plays out when the Lions are looking at free agents or a team's looking at free agents and who they want to bring in there? You know, a lot of fans say, oh, they look at the stats and what the player can do. But that only tells part of the story. Right,
1: right. Yeah, the leadership. You know, what's their leadership? Again, you go back to the X's and O's and how are they on the field and off the field. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you look at with these guys. Uh, You know, you you look at now we have guys that want to be here in Detroit. Uh, You know, before it was, oh, nobody wants. to go to trade. Nobody wants, you know, the same old lions. I think is what uh, we're talking about all the time. And now these guys are saying, I want to be a part of that. You know, who I, I remember uh, one of the um, broadcasts or the afterwards after somebody, had, uh, one of our free agents, and he said, you know, I've talked to players that said we want to play for Dan Campbell, and I think that's the thing. And they understand what he's all about, and and they know that he they're going to get pushed to the limit, but they're also it's going to be very successful um, when it's all said and done.
0: So the Lions are in a I don't know a unique position but they're in this position where they have a younger team mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And so having a young team on defense does that affect your ability of players you can bring in?
1: Yeah, I think it does. I mean, you you have to look at it. You want to You want to. Uh, you know, you got all these young players. I think we're the youngest team, correct, or the second youngest team. And you want to bring in some veterans. You know, I mean, that's kind of what they did in the in the defensive backfield. You know, bring in some of those veteran guys that have been around and can help. You know, help train them, help teach them. You know what what's right and wrong. You know, it's a growing thing. I mean, I look at our our season last year. We were one and six. We're the youngest team in the NFL. Yeah, we should be one and six. And what happened as they started maturing and understand the concepts of the game? So. So I think you have to – there's a fine line between being extremely young and a fine line when, with being extremely old, you know, any, any place in the middle. But anytime you can get uh, older leadership on it, either side of the ball, it's going to help out.
0: Now, you talked about that, the, the, the youth of our team last year, and we saw them get better as the year went on, which is one of the reasons right now, even if you just brought back the exact same team – we would expect even more out of them this coming season. They made a lot of upgrades on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. We even brought in Cam Sutton, a veteran right. to add to that. And some philosophies would say you need more of a veteran team if you're gonna bring in a player who might have a reputation for not being easy to work with. But the Lions have been building this culture up. They brought uh-huh. in some veterans, but they also have some players that are developing into veterans. So if there's a player you like out there because of their skill set but they might have that reputation of I don't know if they're the easy person to work with but they are a great player how do you weigh that when bringing them in
1: Well, I think that goes back in the past, you know, you know, what they did even prior to the NFL. What were they like in college? You know, maybe it was just a bad mix. Maybe it was, there was a concern or problem amongst the coach and the player. Maybe there was a player on the team that they, for some reason, they couldn't get along. You know, I mean, those are all things that, you know, those all come into, into play here. And then you have to, you weigh all your, all your decisions and ideas on what you're going to do with this certain player. You know, that uh, again, if, if they're, I, my feeling is if they say, I want to be a part of this, I need a new, I need a change, you know, I need to, then then let's bring them in and see what they can do for us. You know, if, if there's a ton of, ton of red flags, then, you know, they're probably not going to make it. But if there's a, just a few, you know, everybody has uh, issues and problems out there and it's, uh, they're always looking for the right culture to to turn around, to be the best that they can be.
0: Well, that's the other thing. A lot of fans see the headlines. They see the five word headlines and the two paragraph stories. Yeah. Now, those two paragraph stories or four paragraph stories Rarely tell the full story. Correct, And there's, like you said, we all have stuff we deal with. Mm-hmm. Right? And you don't always know the full details. And you're not always going to because, you know what? People have privacy in their lives, yes. too. And there are lots of things that go into a situation or an equation. Right. So, So let's turn to the NFL draft. You know, these are players you're going to add to your team. It's similar to adding a free agent, but it's different because these players have, A, never played at this level before. And B, you're adding them to the culture. (coughs) So you know even less about their play at the NFL level. If it's a free agent, you can look at their free agent tape. You know how they played last year at the NFL. So there's more adjustments that are coming in. And these young adults are transitioning from college life to being an adult and having a full-time job. So there's a lot more moving pieces. So what do you think coaches are looking for? when they're preparing for the draft and they're putting their draft boards
1: together? Well, I I think they're looking at background checks, you know, re- interviews, you know, and again, I think those are all things. How is this person going to handle all of a sudden having a million dollars in their bank account or they're ma- making X amount of dollars, you know, a week? And, you know, what are they going to do with that? And I think that's one of the things they look for. You know, you, you, you we look at our draft last year, uh, Rodrigo, and you look at Houston, you know, I mean, we could talk about our number one draft, of course, pick. we knew where he was going to be at. But for them to find these guys in the fifth and sixth round of guys that are going to fit into the culture of this program and then are they going to hurt the program when they get down and I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, Holmes and, and um, Dan Campbell and them do is a great background check. I think they're, you know, they 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 find out what this person is all about and, you know, w- what makes this person go and I think that's a big thing they're looking for. You know, everybody, everybody that's projected to be an NFL draft pick is an athlete <laughs> or they wouldn't be picked to be a NFL draft pick but it's the small integral parts that if we can make those the right ones then then it's gonna they're gonna fit into the team
0: that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. and going through and being that doing that digging is what's important so so let's talk about some top talent and maybe a big question mark the biggest name everyone's been talking about for weeks now is Jalen Carter Mm -hmm. now we don't know all the facts about his situation we're not going to but let's look at some things if you are an NFL team, how are you approaching this? There's two issues, right? There's the legal issues of things. And then there's the fact that he showed up in worse shape right. at that pro day. Right. So how do those things weigh in?
1: Well, I think they're, I think they're a big where right? you know, the one thing I was, we, we, we were talking about it with friends and, and uh, fellow coaches and stuff like that and players, you know, about him saying, I'm only going to interview with teams that are in the top 10 picks. Well, if you interview with them all, can somebody move up in the draft to be a top 10 pick? And I think those are things that are going to uh, raise some flags. Again, we don't know everything. Um, you know what we, we, all we know is what we read in the paper or, or, on Twitter, if, uh, uh, coach smart comes out and says he's one of the best kids, guys I've ever had and he's done the best thing. And then his high school coach says the same thing. And then his position coach says the same thing. Then maybe there's some issues or problems back there that they, that they can work with, but it all has to go hand in hand. You know, it's like a, you know, when we we uh, drafted Hutch last year, he was it was a home run. We knew it because of every answer, every thing we read about him, you didn't see any negatives. And, again, any negatives in the paper are tenfold. We don't see enough of the positives.
0: That is true. And you're right. Alliance are doing their homework. You know, it's possible that Jalen Carter did not want to continue to answer some of those same questions over and over mm-hmm. more than ten times. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see both sides of why he maybe didn't want to sure. do more interviews. but If a team really is interested in you, they might want to trade into that ten like we've talked about. So the legal issue aspect will take care of itself one way or another. How concerned are you about his physical condition for that pro day?
1: Well, I think that's another thing, too. They they get guys that come in all the time and, and have a, you know, test. Test poorly, you know. Like I told, we talked about it on the combine before. You know, uh th- th- does the pro day, you know, does the running and the and the agility drills and stuff match the film? And yeah, th- in this case, probably not. But also on film, you're watching him dominate and in in certain situations. I mean, I still think about the play when he he sacked the quarterback and just picked him up and raised his other hand in the air to say uh, he's down. Blow the whistle. I mean, those are things you watch on a guy like that. So again, everything's gotta play itself out with him and and uh, anybody else that we're looking for. And that's you know, that's that's what the Lions uh, front office and, and coaching staff will, will come up with the right answer. And no matter what they do, if they if they take a guy like that or somebody like that, we know there's a great reason why they took him or didn't take him.
0: And so yeah, the Lions could be looking at Jalen Carter at that six spot. He is arguably the most talented player mm-hmm. in the draft. <laughs> And he fits the arguably biggest need for the Detroit Lions right in the middle at a defensive line. So, under what circumstances do you think the Lions should take him? And Wendy, under what circumstances would it make sense for the Lions to pass on
1: him? Well, I think the Lions are gonna they're gonna take the best player available on the board that's going to fit into their system you know and if it's if it's a a player that's a a position that we need some backups in or a player that can come in and start and then our starters the backup they're going to choose they're going to make that choice Uh, they're going to do whatever they can do to make the team better and not hurt the team so I think that's going to come into a lot of you know a lot of play you know are they I mean I sometimes I look at them and think they're going to package a deal to trade up to get the exact person they want and uh, and they may, you know, he may be, it you know, he may be the guy. Anderson may be the guy. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of those guys out there. You know, we are at, you know, two months ago, we were talking about cornerback. Uh, we haven't mentioned that at all lately. Nobody has.
0: But it's something we still have to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. You know, the roster as well as anybody does. Mm-hmm. After most of free agency has passed, we now know how the Lions are set up going into the 2023 draft. A number of players are going to be free agents after the mm-hmm. 2023 season. So the roster going forward after this year will have a lot of opportunities for changes as well. So I guess the first question here is how do you balance drafting for the needs for this year's roster to improve our chances this season while also keeping an eye on that future.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's the same thing too. We talked about, you're going to, you, you're you trying to develop depth as well as you're trying to develop starters. And, you know, of course, if you can get a sure hit starter coming out of the draft, it's a lot cheaper than going out on the free agency and, and, and buying somebody, you know, that could do the same, uh, you know, have the same stats and things like that. So I think that's one of the things that they're going to, uh, they're going to look at. And I, and I, again, you have to make sure the um, culture is great. And I think our culture is great. So we're going to keep some of those guys around too, if th- that aren't going to test the free agent market. And I think we're drafting guys um, that want to be a part of this, program and, and and want to be a part of the, you know, the chance to get to the Super Bowl and and not as much about a paycheck. And I think, you know, eventually that's all going to work itself out. So, you know, it's it's so hard. That's that balance. If I had a, the spreadsheet in front of me, you know, they have those big boards and they're looking at them right now saying, okay, if this happens, we lose this guy next year, will this guy fit in and stuff like that? So, or we can let him go because somebody just took his place.
0: Well, and you, you said it right there, just because they're free agents next year, does I mean they don't want to come back right. and sign with us, so it's not like you always have to draft to replace. Now, you do want to continue to draft because, as we talked about, that take this Odell Beckham Jr. recently signed with Baltimore for 15 million dollars guaranteed. Yep. right. Now, if you take Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, Khalif Raymond, yep. Josh Reynolds, and Quintus Cephas, their salary combined 14.1 million.
1: <laughs> so, because of drafting well, strength in numbers. Yes.
0: So that plays into drafting well. Yes. You know, we know that St. Brown's going to get a big contract when he he finishes his rookie deal. Right. But you want to continue to balance those things out so you're not overpaying for a free agent to come here because Detroit used to have to do that in the past. And now we're at this bar. We don't have to overpay. Right. We're going to get the right guy to be the right fit. Right. And it's got to make sense all the way. Yes.
1: Yes. And OBJ, I mean, go back to that. There's, is that, is that a ploy by the Ravens to keep Lamar?
0: So, okay. The Lions have five picks in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. What are two or three positions that you think the Lions need to address most or you're hoping that they're going to address in these first five picks?
1: Well, I think I think the D-line is still you know, something that we need to do. And again, the D if you, you know, you have a strong defensive line, your linebackers are going to play well, your corners and safeties are going to play well. And so I still think that's one of them. They're going to, they're going to go after Uh, offensive line. I think we need one, you know, for sure somewhere in that area. Um, you know, we talk about wide receiver, uh, you know, is there any wide, but, but, you know, I've been reading a lot where the wide receiver class is pretty low. There's only four or five guys that are projected to to be drafted, you know, higher anyways. So I think those are (laughs) a couple needs we want, uh quarterback i still think is a big one but i think that's down you know I, I think they're gonna it looks like they're attacking the defense right now and i think that's where they're gonna go and and i think again they're gonna take the best available player or they may package something to get uh, the player they want to help that defense
0: yeah i i hear you on the d line that seems to be something that the Lions want to build up i guess i'm hoping more we go inside d line yes for sure D line yes. because If we uh, even if it's a great player on the outside, it's one more person in a rotation. (laughs) We already have a pretty deep rotation on (laughs) where we need more help in the middle. So uh, if it's Jalen Carter, that would be amazing. You know, there's a guy like Tyree Wilson. He could be interesting. I do see them going something with the D line. The offensive line is something that I don't think enough people have talked about. You brought it up, and I think it's right. We've got all of our guards' contracts are up at the end of this year. Right. You do need to add somebody to the offensive line. I don't know that that's a first-round draft pick. It might be a right. second one, but I definitely think it needs to be addressed in the first three rounds this year. Mm-hmm. What about running back? Let's talk about running back. We recently signed David Montgomery. Right. It's a two-year deal, basically a three-year deal, but two years guaranteed. They, could also, they also have DeAndre Swift for another year, right. but we know we need to add somebody. I feel like we need to add somebody within the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. The question is... Is 18, if Bijan John Robinson's still there at 18, I don't know if he will be, but if he's there, do you like that pick at 18, or do you feel more comfortable taking a running
1: back in day two or three? I like day two or three. I mean, I the, the biggest thing is with running backs and, and Robinson is – He's unbelievable. Um, I don't think he'll be there at eighteen, um, but I think day two or day three. And again, you know, you have you have to look at those running backs. One of the things they talk about with running backs when they're picking them is how many carries did they have in college, and that's the biggest thing. Does Robinson have a ton of carries in college? How long is his body going to last? How long are they going to be able to do it? You know, you look at our running backs right now. We could, on paper, right now, we could have one of the best tandem in the NFL or in the top 3 for sure. And and you know if Swift stays healthy and Montgomery's Montgomery's a player. We're going to be pretty solid right there. So, you know, it could be better to take one in a later round as as that backup concept or somebody that's got to develop. So, I just don't think uh first round. I think we have higher needs um in the first round than running back.
0: Yeah, I would I just want to see them take somebody in the first three rounds. Yes. I think I would react if they took B. John Robinson, if he's there at 18 and they took him, I would probably react the way I did last year when we traded up and got Jamison Williams. Right. That came out of left field. Did we just do that? Yeah. I wasn't expecting us going for a wide receiver after we had signed Shark, and though he didn't contribute, we were all super excited about the pick and about the future. I think second round would be a great spot to get a running back to the uh-huh. guy. You know, there's a few guys out there. You got Jared yeah. Gibbs and a couple of others that are in that second tier wave, and I think with Swift in his final year and his health concerns, mm-hmm. you add another talented guy to that group, yeah. and I think we're in that top 3. For sure. So, Will Anderson, he plays more outside than inside, mm-hmm. but he could be the best pick out there. Him and Jalen Carter are the top two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's very little question he's going to go in the top five or six. Right. Most people don't think he'll last to six. Right. Would you trade up to try to get him?
1: It depends what the cost is. You know, it really depends what the cost is. I mean, um, I think he can play some inside also. Uh, you know, he's big enough, he's long enough. Um, you know, they could put some weight on him. You know, a lot of them are going to that those quick guys. You know, do we have a pl- we got the pluggers? We got plugs on the team right now with with bugs and those guys. And so I think that's you know we could be if the pick's not too high to get to him then then and grab him. Again, the biggest thing is is how Carter. Pans out and you know, we're, we keep talking about those two, but there's some pretty good D linemen out there, uh, that, that, you know, I watched in the senior bowl and some of the bowl games and at the combines, uh, you know, that were, you know, are they going to be ended up better? Look, I mean, look at our six round picks again. We got some guys. So, um, I just, if it doesn't cost too much, go get them. If that's what, if that's what, uh, you know, Mr. Holmes and, and coach Campbell believes going to help the team be better.
0: Well, you said it, like Brian Bracey, Mozzie Smith. Those are some guys that could be available at 18, yeah. should be available yep. at 18. Yep. And they're still very good mm-hmm. players. So mm-hmm. my hope is somehow there's like a, the fourth quarterback on the board and there's a yeah. team that wants a quarterback, and we can move back just four to six spots. Yes. We get pick up an extra pick or two, yeah. second, third-round pick. I don't yep. know what it is. And then we draft somebody at that 10 or 11 yes. or 12 spot. And then we still have our 18th, and we pick up something extra yep. because there is so much talent early on. I don't like trading up unless you you somehow get the incredible deal, like we got last with, year. We did not pay that much right. to move up. No, and get no. Lloyd.
1: Analytics will take care of that.
0: <laughs> so you've had some college experiences while well, mm-hmm. working with teams and being around college players, and I know you've kept your eye on the college game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Are there any players – that you like coming out. Like you've talked about some defensive tackles, some different running backs. Mm -hmm. Are there any players coming out here? Like, like this is a guy, not just a position the lions need, but like, this is a guy that I like this guy out of like all the defensive backs are out of a certain position.
1: Um, I mean, Iowa has a, has a few for sure. You know, the linebacker, uh, Northwestern's D lineman. I, I'm just intrigued. Um, he had a great, you know, great bowl game. He, uh, he, he tested well. Um, you know, he's pretty smart so he can pick up a lot of schemes, but I think he's, he's one of my, uh, one of my favorite guys that I look at and, and, you know, just watching him at, at the bowl game. Anyways, I just, uh, he, he's just, he's, he's big, he's long, he's athletic and, uh, he's got a pretty good motor. And I think he's, he's one of the ones that I, you know, that I look at going, man, he'd be a nice one to get, you know, kind of one of the ones flying under the radar. Well,
0: going over to the pass catchers, uh, we mentioned wide receiver. I don't think they'll go early on wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a need to. But if there's somebody talented, there late. Right, mm-hmm. like the fourth or fifth round. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a fourth round pick yeah. right now, but things can change. But I wouldn't mind them taking a flyer on somebody later. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about tight ends a minute. Mm-hmm. I've gone back and forth on this When I've been at the, the end of the spectrum that says, we don't need to mess with the tight end. Right, no, right. We're totally good where we are. Then I went to the hey, if we can add a really talented player here, we should do that. Right. I, I think I finally settled on the spot that I don't want us to take somebody in the first round. Right. That. Not right. even at 18, not even at 20. If there was a great option late in the second round or something, or early in the third, I think that's something to consider. Um, I, I thought maybe the late first round would be worth exploring, but at this right. point, I don't think so. I also think James Mitchell still has a lot of potential to mm-hmm. improve. When yes. I mean, he was coming off an injury from college... Plus, learning his first NFL season, you put both of those things behind him. He actually has the potential for a pretty good size jump here in his second NFL season. So, what are you thinking on tight end?
1: I mean, I agree. I agree. With this. With that too, you know. I mean, Michael Mayer. I mean, there's got the guy from Georgia, is just a freak, um, you know. And again, I think here it's a late round. Uh, you know, we got away with it last year. You know, with with the three guys after we lost the uh, Hawk, and and I think those are things that we can we can um, make do with those guys. Uh, Mitchell, I totally agree with you. He came off an injury. He's going to have all that off season uh, training and and uh, with the playbook and stuff like that. You know, and he's he's pretty talented. So you know, again. And late in the rounds, if we really need one, need a backup, we need a pass catcher, we need a blocker, you know, whichever way they're looking at it, then yeah, you can go get you can go get one. Again, that's going to be what's available on the board. Yeah, if that's the best player available on the Detroit Lions board, they're going to take them, whether it's a tight end or a corner or, or whatnot.
0: Well, and that's the really interesting thing, mm-hmm. right? We heard they don't have a depth chart in their draft. Here, right, right. They're right. going for best,
1: be- available best players. available, yeah.
0: And that makes sense. It's so nice to actually be at a spot where we're not just trying to plug holes necessarily. Mm -hmm. We're adding for the best quality player to the team.
1: Right. Yes, for sure. And that's what they're looking at. I mean, I I think they're going to take the best available player and they'll figure out how he's going to help the team.
0: You know, for much of the offseason, the Lions were projected to take a defensive back in the first round. They signed a number of free agents, so some of the need went away for that. But the trading of Jeff Okuda to Atlanta for the fifth-round pick reopens that door a little bit. I still think that they planned on drafting a to back early, considering how many guys are under contract next year as well. But again, the trade of Jeff Okuda does increase the chance of the Lions taking somebody early. So that's also going to be something to keep an eye on. All right, well, hey, are there any final thoughts you have as we inch closer to this NFL draft?
1: Uh, just looking forward to it. I mean, it's getting close. It's, uh, you know, it's, stuff's going to start picking up. I did remember the guy's name from... Uh, from Northwestern um, it's uh, I'm not even going to try to say it <laughs> we'll just call them a squared okay. and and uh, but uh, yeah so I'm looking forward to the, to the draft because we talk about these things and everybody's talking about what are they going to draft who they take and I just can't wait to see that first pick they make
0: it's going to be exciting and see whether three or four quarterbacks go in front of them how that impacts us And it'll be awesome to keep our eye on. Well, great having you on the show always as we analyze the Detroit Lions.
1: Yes, I enjoy doing it as usual. And and, uh, we can talk about them daily if we want.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to Not the Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. And also follow the show on Twitter at Matt Soltisiak. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends.